Does your dog talk to you? Do you know what he or she is saying? Welcome to My Doggy Says. Here now to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog, the host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Hi, this is Fred Haney, host of the My Doggy Says show, where we learn as much as we can about our doggy friends. We're doing that by interviewing experts from all corners of the dog world, and we're trying to figure out what our doggies are saying to us. The whole idea here is to build better relationships with our dogs and become dogs' best friend. So as usual, I'm here with Callie, my uh, golden retriever puppy, who's now a little over two years old, and she loves doing the show. She usually tries to uh, lick my nose a little bit as we do this. And uh, sometimes she gets to participate, although uh, tonight won't be one of those times. We have a very special guest for the whole program tonight. His name is David Fry, and he's co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and president of an organization called Angel on a Leash. So if you watched the dog show last week, uh, David was the guy with the microphone there. He's one of the the co-hosts. He's been doing that for a long time. We're going to learn a lot about uh, what's involved in that and also about this special, very special organization that he and uh, the Westminster Dog Show have created called uh, Angel on a Leash. So if you have a question for David or would like to uh, join the conversation, please give us a call in Phoenix. The number to call is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 866 536-1100. If you can't listen to the show in real time, uh, or in Phoenix anyway, uh, it is available on the Internet. You can go to 1100KFNX and listen to the streaming audio. And these interviews are posted on the My Doggy Says blog as a podcast, and they're also available through uh, iTunes. If you go to the iTunes store and click on Podcasts, you can find uh, My Doggy Says. So you could also participate in the program by sending me an email, uh, fred at mydoggysays.com or uh, jamie at mydoggysays.com. So in this first segment, we're going to be starting our conversation with David Fry. Uh, David is the co-host of USA Network's annual telecast of the popular Westminster Kennel Club dog show which, uh, as you know, just took place last week. And uh, this was David's 20th consecutive year to do that. Uh, He's been the Director of Communications for the Westminster Kennel Club since 2003, and he has also been co-host on NBC of the National Dog Show on Thanksgiving Day since its inception in 2002. That's a telecast that is seen by about 20 million viewers every year. So David is well known to the dog public. David, welcome to the My Doggy Says Show. It's just great to have you with us. Fred and Kaylee, thank you for having me on. <laughs> well, looking forward to a fun conversation. I, I know uh, you, you probably worked yourself uh, too hard last week and got under the weather a little bit. I, I know you're, uh, you're doing some recovering. Kind of a standard for us. We go so hard uh, to present this wonderful event to the, to the public that by the time it's all over, we can't help but but uh, take a shot or two. So uh, we're fighting our way back to that, uh, and we'll certainly be ready by next year's dog show. 
Tell us a little bit uh, what's involved in in co-hosting. You you must uh, surely it doesn't just take a couple days. You must do a lot of preparation for that. Well, I, you know, I try to do a minimum of preparation. I try to be, of course, prepared for for every breed to be able to talk about each breed. But uh, we really don't know who's going to be the specific dog from that breed until that afternoon, sometime. So uh, I've got people who are out there gathering up information about a particular dog that wins the breed, for example, in Irish setters, and then that card comes to me during the telecast, and it may, may, there may be a nice story on there where we're able to talk about the hometown of the dog, uh, maybe able to talk about its winning record, we may be able to talk about things that it does at home. And I think the most important thing uh, that I do in my role is to show the, the public, first of all, our great family sport of showing dogs, but also to show that these are real dogs uh, living with real people, and, and uh, you know, they're just, they don't sit around all week long on doggy cushions eating doggy bonbons. They they uh, are real dogs in our home and shed on our clothes and steal food off our counters just like any other dog would. Yeah, well, and I'm sure there's a few surprises as the show goes along. There always there always is. It's because um, it's the only time all year where all the great dogs are in the same place at the same time, and, and it's a subjective sport. Um, you know, not every dog is going to be on every single day and every single night. So uh, there may be a dog that's, that wins everything he attends in California all year long. Then he gets back to back to New York, and he's up against the big winner from Texas and the big winner from Florida and the big winner from Chicago, and suddenly it's a whole new ballgame and a whole new perspective. So that's the fun thing to see is the competition at that level. and and to see who ends up uh, as one of the seven finalists out of each group. You're listening to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie. And we're talking with David Fry, who's co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and president of an organization that he helped found called uh, Angel on a Leash. Uh, David, I gotta believe that co-hosting that show is one of the most fun jobs in the world. I got the greatest job in the world. I really do. I co-host this show since 1990. Um, turned into a full-time job for me here in New York City. Um, I co-host the the great uh, national dog show presented by Purina on NBC every Thanksgiving Day. That's seen by about 20 million people. Uh, got a wonderful partner there, John O'Hurley for all of those seven years. So, uh, in fact, that's where we were staying at John's home in Vermont. He, they weren't there, but we were staying at his home in Vermont when we were basically just burning up his firewood for four days. <laughs> and trying not to catch a cold. Yeah, it was uh, it's a beautiful place. And I, I told him when we come back in the spring, I'll help him split some more firewood. So. Well, I can imagine that uh, doing those shows is a whole lot of fun. Uh, there must be some challenges, too. Well, there's, there's always the challenge. I mean, We've got 170 different breeds and varieties, so I'm always working hard to give people news about uh, either breeds they've seen every year for the last 20 years or maybe something that's a new breed uh, for them, that it's, a, that it's a, a breed they've never seen before. I think that's one of the big reasons, of course, that people watch is for the entertainment value of seeing 170 different breeds and varieties. You're not going to see those walking down the, down the street to your park on Saturday morning. Um, I think they're watching, of course, for the competition. They want to see who's going to go best in show and who's going to be judged, you know, America's dog for the next year. But I think they're also watching for what I call the alma mater factor, <coughs> excuse me, where if they have a Brittany, like I do, 
and they're sitting at home on the couch with their Britney watching our dog show. They're going to watch for the Britney. They're going to pull for the Britney, and they're going to turn to their Britney and say, you know, Ty, you and I could be out there too if I fed you a few less cookies and maybe gave you a bath once a week instead of once a month. So I think there's uh, there's that's the biggest element of, of our attraction, I think, to the, the American Well, I'm certainly one of those. I sit there uh, with Callie and uh, watch the Golden Retriever. Uh, not many people probably have seen a Sussex Spaniel. No, they're a relatively rare breed. I think they're well down the registration list for uh, for the American Kennel Club registrations. They're probably in the bottom ten. Uh, there just aren't too many of them. They've been near extinction a couple of times in this country and had to be repopulated from from overseas. But they were one of the original breeds that were shown at Westminster at our very first show in 1877. So... Um, so we've seen them for a while. We just don't see very many of them. They, they weren't around for a number of years, but, uh, you know, this is a beautiful, beautiful show dog and a wonderful specimen and a very functional family dog. The uh, best in show dogs always seem to have a special sparkle about Well, I think they need that. I think they need that, Fred. You know that when you get down to the very end with the seven group winners, you know they're all probably wonderful specimens of their breed and probably difficult to fault in that sense. But uh, to go best in show at Westminster, you need some, something extra, whether you call it charisma or presence or personality or whatever. They've got to have that. They've got to own the ground they stand over. They've got to look like they're having a good time flying around the ring, and it's just so important for them to be having a good time and, and be out there thinking, boy, the crowd is really on my side. Well, what are your impressions of the personality of Uno and Stump? Well, they're completely different, and they're, and they're different for for two reasons. Number one, number one is Uno is a three year old is just a three year old dog. He's still a, a puppy, really, in in most senses of the word. Stump is ten years old. He's a little more laid back and has a little more calm approach to, to life. Uno thinks everything's about him. I think Stump sort of watches it, and I think that some of that personality difference is also due in part to their their breed. Eagles are supposed to be into everything. Sussex Spaniels are supposed to be more for the gentlemanly hunters, shall we say. We're coming up on a break. Uh, it's the My Doggy Says show, and we're talking with David Fry, who's the co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club show. Uh, David, you mentioned the uh, beginnings of the show in 1877. After the break, I'd like to come back and talk about that a little bit. Okay, great. So uh, don't go away. We'll be back with David after the break. back to My Doggy Says, here once again to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog. The host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where we try to learn as much as we can about our doggy friends and improve our dog talk skills in order to build better relationships with dogs, and we're trying to be dogs' best friends. We're brought to you by the Doggy Appreciation Network. And this evening, uh, for the whole show, we're visiting with David Fry, who is the co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, the guy with the microphone, and uh, president of an organization called Angel on a Leash. And during the break, our uh, production operator, Norm, uh, came up.
up with an interesting question. Norm, can you jump in and uh, t- tell David what your uh, observation was? Well, I was going to say, it's, it's more of, a, of an observation that uh, one of the things that uh, this year they did on the uh, w- on the broadcast of the, of the telecast of the Westminster Kindle Club is that um, – uh, the first on the first night, the first hour was shown on USA, but then because of uh, the World Wrestling uh, Federation, the World Wrestling uh, Entertainment uh, Program Raw, and that the the remaining two hours were shown on CNBC. Now, one of the things that's kind of nice about that was that because it was on CNBC, CNBC does not have a East Coast, a separate East Coast and West Coast feed like the USA network does, whereby here in, in Phoenix, because the cable company uses the West Coast feed for a lot of the cable channels, the USA broadcast does not start until nine o'clock in the evening and runs till midnight. And that, which is, which, which, you know, which because on that first night, since it was shown on CNBC, we were able in Phoenix to get that first night, uh, from seven to nine o'clock live. So that was so that that was you know that was really nice for us and that be great and that because you know at least we're able to watch it at, in real time and that and, and instead of you know for instance uh, one of the, you know at least here at, here at the station we did ha- uh, we, uh, if they were listening to us here at KFNX they did mention on the ten o'clock newscast as to who the winner was. <laughs> we have to be careful with our West Coast feed. We put a disclaimer up that says if you're reading this from the West Coast. You're not going to see this for a few hours yet, so if you don't want to know, uh, log off. That's right, you know, and and it, I think it was it was it was very it was very nice to have it on. You know, at least we were able to nice to, to have to have it live in that, which was which, which was great because I mean, and again too, you know, because you 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 want to you, you want to show this to uh, you know to you know there are a lot of young young kids that will like to watch the broadcast as well. Well, we think so. You know, dogs and kids. It's a, what a great combination. Absolutely, but that that's 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 my observation. I'm, I'm I'm happy that that we were able to watch it live here in Phoenix. I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could help you do that. <laughs> that's fun, Norm. Uh, glad it worked out. Uh, if you uh, would like to ask David a question or have an observation, um, please join the conversation. The number to call in Phoenix is six zero two two seven seven KFNX. Outside the Phoenix area, the toll free number to call is one eight six six five three six eleven hundred. Uh, David, you mentioned before the break that the Westminster Kennel Club dog show has been around for a long time. You weren't here in 1877, and neither was I, but um, maybe you can tell us some of the history. Well, that's what I kind of laugh when people say, wow, 20 years. I said, well, yeah, I think that's a big deal, but my God, the dog show has been around 133 years, so it may not be as big a deal as I think it is. And and actually, there are a lot of people walking around at our dog show that have been coming for 40 and 50 and nearly 60 years. So, um, so I, I pale in comparison with them. But, but for me, you know, it's been a, a great, a great fun thing to do. But our, our club started in 1877 when a group of gentlemen, of, of gentlemen uh, hunters, uh, would go bird hunting here in the New York area. And after a day of bird hunting, they would gather at their favorite hotel bar and, and trade stories. I don't want to say they lied to one another, but, you know, they are sportsmen. Because there was a hotel called the Westminster Hotel. And, indeed, that's where they were drinking. So they decided one day to, to uh, after saying, well, my dog's better than your dog, but it's not hunting season, so we can't do anything about it. They said, well, let's let's have a dog show. You know, it's sort of like 
uh, our gang saying, let's put on a show. <laughs> and and uh, so they decided to do that, and thus was born the Westminster Candle Club. They named it their club after the, the hotel bar that they were drinking in, and and uh, the rest is history, as I say, 133 years later. Now, if our listeners wanted to learn more about the uh, club, how can they do that? Our history is all over the place on our website, westminsterkennelclub.org. Um, if you really want to get into some serious reading about our history, there's uh, on from our website, you can order our guidebook, which has all the records. It'll tell you how many times the Maltesers won the toy group and how many best-in-shows have been won by Terriers, and you'll see a picture of every best-in-show winner through the years. So um, if you're a dog fanatic, uh, it, you'll be in heaven. And uh, it, it's just a history of, of everything we do. It's a, a collection of all the streaming videos that we shot at this year's show and in past shows, too. So... Um, I think you get a great look and a great feel for what we do here every year uh, with the greatest dog show in the world. You're listening to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie, How a Dog Named Jamie Talks to Her People. And we're talking with uh, David Fry, who's co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and president of an organization called Angel on a Leash. Uh, David, there's a lovely paragraph uh, in the little history section on the website. I, I just couldn't take my eyes off it. It says, Westminster predates the invention of the light bulb, the automobile, and the zipper, the building of the Brooklyn Bridge and the Washington Monument, and manned air flight, and the establishment of the World Series. How about that? Since Westminster also... held its first show 127 years ago, there have been 24 men elected president. Well, and 25 12 states now. have joined the union. Yeah, 25 now, I guess. That really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing when you think about how long we've been around it and without ever taking a break. There's only one event in this country that's, that's been held on a longer continuing basis than the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, and that is, any guesses? The Kentucky Derby. Oh, my goodness. So, And they've only been around one one year longer than us, so... Um, so we're very proud of the company that we keep there. Um, but, you know, geez, we've survived uh, winter storms and tugboat strikes and power failures and, and wars and, and, uh, and every little thing you could think of that could happen in New York City um, to keep that record alive every single year. So snowstorms, even a few years ago, we had 26 inches of snow on the Saturday before the dog show. So. So uh, we've got a group of people. Our membership is, is dedicated to making the show happen every year, and, and uh, we're proud of that. That's terrific. So you you go back 20 years. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How did you get started? Well, I was involved uh, in the dog show world. I had a uh, I had a great Afghan hound named Who's Zoom and Who Storm Hills Who's Zoom and Who, and she was the top Afghan in the country. And we were traveling all around showing her, and and she was quite successful and met and talked to some people and. I had a background in sports PR with the Denver Broncos and the 49ers and with ABC Sports in New York, and somebody at some point um, said, hey, they're looking for somebody to do the television for Westminster. They were making a change. We'd been on television since 1948, so um, which is before even I was born. So um, they flew me back for an audition, and I did it, and they liked it and hired me, and I said, well, this will be fun for a few years. Let's see what happens here. Well, changed my life, obviously. It uh, lasted 20 years. It's moved me to New York City. It's become a full-time job, which is 
led me into the NBC uh, Thanksgiving Day show and has led me into uh, my role with Angel on a Leash. So, so I'm happy with all of all of that uh, turnout. What changes have you seen in the show over those 20 years? Well, the numerical changes, for one thing, we've gone from 145 breeds and varieties, uh, I believe, to 170 in, in 20 years. So we're adding a little more than one breed per year, um, so we, we're getting a different look. But I think philosophically probably is the biggest change. I think that we, we always have been and will always continue to be the greatest dog show in the world and very competitive and all the top show dogs. But I think through the years we've also sort of um, helped celebrate the – family dog in our lives. Not, we're not just limited to show dogs in that respect or to purebred dogs. We, we, we teach the Too appreciation of, of what the dog means to us in our family setting or, or other settings, and, and uh, I think that's probably been the biggest change over the 20 years that I've done it. One of the themes of this program is dog and human relationships. And the point of the book that I wrote is really if you observe your dog's behavior, you begin to receive a lot of messages from it, and you're better able to nurture its personality and have a stronger relationship with it. How does the show help nurture that whole process, do you think? Well, I think it, it goes to the fact that when we're talking about being real dogs and, and seeing these dogs on television doing things that remind you of your own dog. And, and I think when we see that and when we hear the stories of what these dogs do at home, uh, the troubles that they get into at home, which may sound just like something your own dog does, I think that that brings the dogs to the level that where everybody can relate to them. It's and hard to imagine actually, those dogs running around the ring there ever getting in trouble at home. <laughs> well, it's like editing on television. You know, you only see them in the best in the best setups, so and we don't have to worry about. Uh, seeing outtakes and things like that, although we, every once in a while I'll have some adventure on television that you might not see normally. But, but it's like uh, last year when Uno, the Beagle, was best in show. Um, he brought us a whole new audience, I think, that said, hey, uh, uh, this dog looks like he could be sitting on the couch next to me at home. Yeah, he was pretty special. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Uh, don't go away. It's the My Doggy Says show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, and we're visiting tonight with David Fry, who is the co-host of last week's Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and president of Angel on a Leash. And David will be back with us after the break. Your dog's actions may speak louder than words. Welcome back to My Doggy Says. Here again to help you become a better listener with your best friend, the author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where we try to figure out what makes dogs tick, how to build stronger bonds between ourselves and our pets, and how we can be dogs' best friends. And we're doing it all here on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Our guest this evening is David Fry, who's co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and president of an organization called Angel on a Leash. If you have a question for David and would like to join in the conversation, please give us a call. Or if you have comments on uh, last week's dog show, give us a call, 602-277-KFNX. 
And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Remember, you can also participate in the show by checking out our website, mydoggysays.com. You can send an email to me, fred at mydoggysays.com. And you can also find uh, past interviews uh, from the show uh, either at mydoggysays.com or on iTunes. If you go to the iTunes store and click on podcasts, uh, you can find them there. Uh, David has uh, his own little dog family, and it includes uh, a very special uh, extra member, which uh, we'll ask him to talk about. So, David, you've got uh, you've had Afghan hounds and Britneys, uh, and uh, you're spending a lot of time these days with a very special beagle. Got another uh, an extra hound back in my life. I don't have any Afghans anymore, but I have two wonderful Britneys who uh, run my home. They're they're uh, thirteen, nearly thirteen and twelve years old. And I have a uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel that's almost two that she thinks she's in charge. But on occasion, we're joined uh, with by our foster son, as we've come to refer to him as Uno, uh, the beagle that was best in show at Westminster last year, and, and set off this. Uh, national craze that we call Beagle Mania. And it was, uh, he's been great fun to have and travel with and go places. The, uh, the White House, he's ridden on a float in the Macy's Parade and thrown out the first pitch at a couple of baseball games across the country and walked the Hollywood red carpet with a bunch of stars and um, and everywhere with Snoopy, the, the great Snoopy, and uh, visits, he's become a therapy dog who visits the Ronald McDonald houses around the country and and uh, does great things there as well. So we've had a great time. He's become our co-celebrity spokesdog for Angel on a Leash. That, that's that's terrific. What what does it take to uh, I mean, for the trainer, the handler, the dog to get all the way to best dog in the show? It's well, got to be a lot, lot of, of work. Yeah, well, it is a lot of work. Uh, you see the dog in the ring for two minutes, and, and you don't see the lifetime of work and dedication that's gone into, first of all, producing that dog, the breeding the dog, the thought and research behind breeding a litter. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just something that happens. Um, then there's raising the dog and keeping it healthy and making sure that it that it survives uh, puppyhood and, and gets ready to go. But, of course, with, any, with virtually any breed, there's going to be some grooming. There's going to be uh, conditioning and training and things like that. And, you know, we know was on a treadmill, spent a lot of his life on a treadmill and doing road work behind a bicycle uh, to be rock hard at the time that he was best in show. And um, So those are all things that happen before you ever see them on television. And on TV, you just hope that, that uh, the judge gets a divine moment of inspiration when your dog is standing in front of him. And that, that happened with Uno. <laughs> Uno just has uh, just oozes personality. Uh, how hard is it to get a dog to run on a treadmill? <laughs> they learn pretty quickly. They, I actually they thought about quickly. it the other day. It was just raining cats and dogs here, and my wife and I uh, uh, would normally we'll go out and run in the rain, but it was just raining too hard. Uh, yeah. And uh, we thought, well, we could go over to the golf club. They've got some treadmills over there, and I wonder if we could get Callie to run on a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought about it for about a millisecond, you know, and... Uh, uh, well, that's probably not a great it's idea, a, a but I'm glad to, to hear it can be done. It's a good way to help the, with the tone a little bit, but it, there's no substitute for road work, you know, because you can control the speed a little better. You can make the speed 
the perfect speed for the dog, and you can slow them down or speed them up and turn corners and things like that that you can't do on a, on a treadmill. So uh, treadmill is only for those rainy days, as you say. What, what kind of relationship do you get into with a dog uh, when you're going through that process? Well, it has to be you know, one of total trust. Uh, the, we say the best handlers are invisible, and, and the, the reason they're invisible is because, first of all, they're in total control. And uh, anything that's happened going on with a handler is going to go down the lead to the dog. If you're out there and you're nervous about being in front of 20,000 screaming people in Madison Square Garden, the dog's going to feel that down the lead. And if, but if you've got everything under control, uh, the dog knows you're under control, and the dog is going to respond accordingly. So, um, you know, it's a whole different thing when you're out there. You think it's going to be easy. You think it's going to be just like another dog show. I always laugh when, when people say, oh, it's just another dog show. I said, yeah, tell me where else you've been that has 20,000 screaming fans and people climbing over the walls to come down and pet your dog. And uh, where, When you win, you're going to go on the Today Show or Martha Stewart or the early show or Charlie Rose. Uh, ring the bell to open the stock market and things like that. that uh, it's a different world. When real, uh, real doggy celebrities. You're listening to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie. And we're talking this evening with David Fry, who's co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and president of Angel on a Leash. Uh, David, remind people again how they can find out more about uh, the Westminster Kennel Club. Well, our website is westminsterkennelclub.org. Easy to find. Spell it all out. Uh, you can go there and learn about the history of our dog show, but you can also find a link to every single parent club. So if you're interested in finding out about Akitas, for example, you can find the Akita, uh, a little a picture and some verbiage about the Akita, but you can also find a link to the to the uh, website for the Akita Club of America where you can maybe find a breeder in your area and, and uh, read some more about the Akitas in depth and, and uh, spend some time watching to see what goes on with that breed. So... Um, that's a great way to educate yourself if you're thinking about a dog. I noticed your website links to the American Cow Club website. Is there more than just an Internet link there? Is there a working relationship between Well, of course, the Westminster Cow Club is a member club of, of the American Cow Club. I see. The AKC has something like 600 member clubs that, uh, and a number of other affiliated clubs that uh, look to the AKC for governance, for giving us the rules, for which to put on our dog show. And, and the irony of that is that, that uh, Westminster was formed seven years before the AKC was ever formed. And, and, in fact, some members from Westminster got together with some members from the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, my, the, my other TV show, and, and put together some rules and created what is now the American Kennel Club, which was founded in 1884. So, um, so we are a member of that. We are a member club of the American Kennel Club, but we were here first. I understand. Um, in the next segment, I'd like to talk a lot about uh, Angel on a Leash. But as sort of a lead-in, uh, why don't you talk a little about uh, how you and your dogs, uh, Ty, am I saying it right? Ty and Ty, Bell, my two Bell and Angel. And Angel my how cat. did you all get involved in uh, the uh, therapy dog program? Well, my wife Sherilyn brought me the two Britneys 10 years ago, and she was at the time in graduate school. She'd gone back to graduate school to get her master's in theology and was actually working on her 
master's thesis on uh, the use of animal-assisted therapy in, in counseling and uh, in therapy work. So she introduced me to the idea of therapy dogs. She had heard me talk about it on television, and a mutual friend introduced us, and, and so we could talk about therapy dogs. And and, uh, and one thing led to another, and pretty soon I'm deeply involved with therapy dogs and, and the wonderful wife who's helping lead me down that road and, and that has provided the inspiration for us to create our Angel on a Leash organization. So um, it's been a great opportunity for us. What kind of, of training is involved in uh, getting a dog to be a therapy dog? Well, you know, it's, it, it, we, we talk about that all the time, and people always think you've got to train your dog to do it. It's kind of a, really kind of a minimum of training uh, for the dog. You have to have the right personality or temperament. We're more concerned about the person or the person on the other end of the leash, that we have to train them to protect their dog in any situation, first and foremost, that their dog is always going to be safe in any kind of a health care facility or any, any kind of facility where they visit, whether it's a school or a prison or, uh, or extended care with seniors and uh, things like that. But, but it's also important that their dog have the right temperament or personality to put up with. My Britneys are, are just are fearless. And when we visit here at the Ronald McDonald House in New York City, where my wife Sherry is the, is the director of spiritual care and family support, they get poked and prodded and body slammed all night long, and they, and they love it. And if, uh, you know, some other dogs might not like that, and it might be better for us to put them into extended care where you're dealing with a more sedate population of senior citizens who would rather have the dog sitting on their lap and hug them and pet them and, and, uh, and get into it that way. So... So we need to evaluate all those things. We need to train the people so that they know the right questions to ask and how to respond to certain situations. And um, and the dogs, more often than not, can come along for the ride if you got the human trained. We're coming up on a break. Um, our listeners in Phoenix will remember that back in August we had Mary Lou Jennings from Phoenix Children's Hospital. She heads up their uh, pet-assisted therapy program. Uh, the My Doggy Says Show, we're talking with David Fry, co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. And in the next segment, we're going to get David to uh, talk to us about an organization that he uh, helped start called Angel on a Leash. The My Doggy Says Show. Body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show. I'm Fred Haney, your host and author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie. If you have a question for uh, David Fry, or uh, if you're interested especially in uh, pet-assisted therapy programs, uh, maybe you have a dog that uh, is headed in that direction, or maybe you have some interest in that, feel free to give us a call in this next segment, because we're going to be talking about uh, David's organization, Angel on a Leash. The number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX, and outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number to call is 1-866-536-1100. David, uh, talk about Angel on a Leash. Uh, sort of, where did the idea come from? How did it? Uh, well, the, the idea came from our interest in therapy dogs, and, and uh, at Westminster, it was, it's easy for us to support the ASPCA and the Animal Medical Center here, uh, 
community uh, in kind of an expanded way to get involved with hospitals in the community and and uh, see what we could do. And and I suggested uh, that we create that we get a, create a charitable activity where we supported the a therapy dog program at the Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital here in New York. And uh, and that's where we began it four years ago, nearly five years ago now, and uh, that we inherited a couple of teams that were loosely organized, but we built it into a 25-team program, and soon added, we talked about it on TV, and we soon added a couple of facilities, the Ronald McDonald House in New York City, uh, New Alternatives for Children, the world-famous Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center here, and we have dogs that visit at uh, St. Jude in Memphis, and, and, and after about three years, we just said, Jesus, this is going to be a pretty big deal a little bit more than what we had envisioned. We can't just write a check every month to, to cover the cost. It's going to take a little more organization, a little more energy. And so uh, the, my president and show chairman from Westminster said, let's make it its own 501c3 and you be president. So uh, so we established ourselves as a 501c3. We've created a board. We're uh, writing policies and procedures now, and we're, all, we're in about eight or nine facilities and, uh, with a couple of hundred teams around the country. And and uh, and doing great things for people everywhere. You started the dog show last week by making a couple of special awards. We had a uh, we did a presentation. We did a couple of presentations that were built around activities that Uno brought to us as the celebrity spokes dog for Angel on Leash. One was with a young girl named Jessie uh, Kibler from St. Louis. She had helped. Uh, she was a patient here at the Ronald McDonald House in New York City, visiting the Memorial Sloan Kettering. But she lived in St. Louis, so when we were coming to St. Louis, I called her and said, "I want you to help me throw out, help Uno and me throw out the first pitch at the ball game." And, and so that was great. She was able to come along with us, and and she was in town for for the dog show. So she was part of a presentation, part of our presentation uh, out there, saying, "You know, here's one of the kids that Uno has worked with." We also brought out uh, back in May with Uno. We became he became the first Westminster winner ever to visit the White House at the invitation of the president. And uh, following that visit, we went up to uh, Walter Reed and went to the patient, the amputee patient care clinic up there, where Uno met a number of, of heroic guys who you know had amputations. And one of the one of the kids that we met was a guy named Josh, who was a double amputee Marine. Um, who loved Uno, and it was a wonderful story right from the start. We were visiting with him, and, and uh, he said when he gets out of the Marines, he wants to work with kids. Well, my wife, Sherry, said to him, well, then come to New York and visit us. He's from Indiana. She said, come visit us at the Ronald McDonald House, and that turned into an invitation to come to uh, Westminster, and uh, and we recognized him on the floor. So we recognized Jesse and, and Josh on the floor uh, in front of a standing you know, standing ovation for, for each of them as we told their stories. And uh, those are just, you know, the kinds of things, those are extraordinary things that that uh, that Uno did, uh, that having Uno as a therapy dog allowed us to do. The, the vast majority of our work is the day-to-day stuff where we do something just as simple as making a kid smile, making oh. a senior have a lucid moment, and, and just, you know, making people think about a, a normal life rather than all the troubles they're going through. That's very special. Uh, it, it was that presentation that made me uh, get off my chair and track you down uh, for this evening. I mean, I love what you do with the whole show, but it was uh, that that presentation uh, I, I thought was uh, really special. Uh, 
Tell our listeners how they can find out more about Angel on a Leash. Well, our website is angelonleash.org, and you can go there and find out about our organization and see some of our videos. You can see, I don't know if it's quite up there yet, but it's on its way. Uh, see our video of, of the ceremony that we just spoke of. Um, you can see some of the other things that, are, that our dogs are doing every day. We're just so proud of them. You know, it's, it's based on, I think anybody who has a dog understands the, intuitively that interacting with the dog uh, makes you feel better. Come home from a long day at work, there's your dog tail wagging, happy to see you. Um, but, but through the years now, the science is starting to, to bear up on that and, and show us that, yes, and the reason is because when you interact with a dog, your little flow of good hormones increases and, and your blood pressure goes down, your heart rate goes down, you feel better. And you're getting, you're, if you're sick, you're going to get healthy faster. You're going to get healthier faster and, and, uh, and good things are going to happen. And it's not just with the patients, it's with their families, it's with their parents, it's with the staff of the facility. It's with the, the medical professionals. It's with you as a handler. I can't tell you how much being involved in this has changed me with my dogs, and, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And we're thrilled to be able to bring it to people around the country and teach them about, about the great work and the things that they can do with the dog that they love and do something good in their community for people in need. Well, it's, it's a really special cause. Uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, author of the book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie. And we're talking this evening with David Fry, who's co-host of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. And in this segment, we're talking about an organization called Angel on a Leash, which uh, David helped to get started. Uh, David, you mentioned that uh, the science is uh, starting to support this whole idea. I, I saw the article on the website, and I thought that was just fascinating. Say a little more about that. I mean, I guess everybody knows dogs make people feel good, but there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? Well, there really is. I mean, there's there's all kinds of studies out there that show that seniors with, who own pets uh, spend less money on prescription drugs, for example, have less of a chance of a recurrence of a heart attack. Um, children who grow up with dogs have fewer allergy problems as they get older. Um, those kinds of things... Um, you know, helping the recovery process uh, from whatever kinds of challenges they may have. But uh, we're also now uh, doing more things with kids or with dogs, with working with uh, physical and occupational therapists in a partnership where, where I will take my dog and work with a physical therapist on a patient that here's a child that um, maybe has a, a developmentally disabled challenge on their left side. And the, and, the, and the physical therapist is out there trying to get them to do a range of motion exercise uh, for their left side, and it, it hurts. They don't like it. It's not fun, and it takes them, you know, days and days to make it happen. We bring a dog in and set that dog on that left side and put a brush in that left arm, and suddenly the kid's doing what he needs to be doing for his exercises, for his physical therapy. And, and physical therapists everywhere tell us the dog can make kids do the kids especially, but the dog can make kids do things in a matter of uh, moments that they've been trying to get them to do all week. and So there are some very measurable uh, results that happen in that respect. But generally speaking, we're, we're talking about making a kid smile that hasn't had much to smile about. I can't tell you, uh, I visit the Ronald McDonald House here every week, and I can't tell you how many times a parent has said to me on the moment that that's the first time she smiled this week. Or they say, uh, or they get a kid to talk. 
the kid will talk to the dog. They haven't said a thing to anybody else all week, but suddenly here's the dog. They let their guard down and they talk, and now we can engage them and talk about a lot of different things. Um, you know, they they have problems, they have challenges, and somebody giving them the dog takes their mind off the challenges. It also does it for the parents and the family. I, you know, when a kid is sick, when a child is sick, the parents are sick too. And for them to see the child reacting the way that they do with a dog uh, makes, the, makes the parents smile too. So there, there are lots of great things that come of it, and they're very simple in their nature. David Fry, you wrote a book with Mike Lingenfelder titled The Angel by My Side. I have a feeling that the name... Angel on a leash is not a total coincidence. No, and I have my cavalier is named Angel. So, so uh, you know, I think I've got angels in a lot of places in my life, and you know, I'm truly blessed to you know be sitting here and being able to share that with people everywhere and spread the news about you know the great things our dogs do. I I I have a great ministry, if you will, on the street. I'm not out there pounding the pavement, but when I walk my dogs to work with me on occasion. Um, Bell is great at it. We'll walk down the street, and some guy will get out of a town car in a suit and going up to some meeting in a high-rise building. He'll come over and interact with Bell, and she'll interact with him, and then she'll turn right around and run over into the church courtyard where there's a guy sleeping on a piece of cardboard, and she'll react and give them the exact same reaction. And that's you know that's what it's all about with dogs, that unconditional love. They don't care what you look like, how much money you make, how you're dressed. They just say, I'm here for you. Have you got a cookie? I never uh, feel bad after having a long conversation with my dog. There you go. <laughs> and that's, and uh, we all have our conversations with them every day. We're, uh, we're coming up on the end of the program, but uh, one more time, uh, remind people how they can learn more about the, the Westminster Kennel Club and also about Angel on a Leash. Well, Westminster Kennel Club, you can, you can go to our website, Westminster, westminsterkennelclub.org. Uh, our great charity of the Westminster Kennel Club, Angel on a Leash, is, is at angelonaleash.org. And uh, we are we're in a lot of places. We're not everywhere. Our partnerships are mainly with facilities rather than individuals. So contact us and let us know that you're interested and oh. we'll help you get okay. learn, to learn we, about it. We need to uh, stop it there. David, thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight. You've just been a great guest. It's fun to hear about those things. I hope uh, Angel on a Leash just does incredibly well. Uh, tune in next week, same time, 8 to 9 p.m. Mountain Time. In the meantime, pay attention to what your dog is saying. Do something about it. And remember Jamie's first rule for a good life. Don't bark if a wolf will do the job. 